0: watch episode 18 rob here on this episode we're continuing to talk about movie musicals the lady Wan from screen run joins us to discuss 2021's in the heights we'll talk all about how everyone failed this movie by not going to see it in theaters or nominating it for stuff long long conversation lots to talk about as always you can find more episodes of the show on apple podcasts spotify good pods and other podcatchers as well as CricketTable.com. go ahead and give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this But for now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer and then jump into our conversation about 2021's In the Heights. Once upon a time, in a faraway land called Washington Heights, say it so it doesn't disappear. Washington Heights! lights up on washington heights up at the break yo, of day i wake going, up and i got bro? this little punk i gotta chase away pop the grate at the crack of dawn sing while i wipe down the awning hey y'all uh, good morning
1: ice cold piragua teddy strawberry and just for today i got my mate it's
0: a story of a block that was disappearing
1: the genius is back yo
0: he's your chance ask her out right now hey there's something on your shirt Smooth operator, on oh, damn. We all had a sueñito. And when it came to dreams, we had to keep scraping by. Maybe this neighborhood's changing forever. Maybe tonight is our last night together, however. I just want to see the whole world through our eyes. They're talking about kicking out all the dreamers. It's time to make some noise. We had to assert our dignity in small ways. Little details that tell the world
1: we are not invisible.
0: This is the moment when you do better than me. Because you can see a future that I can. You made all of this? This is me. They used to say, if you work hard, you live by the rules, the money will come. The things will come. You ready? I've been saving up all my pennies in my piggy bank for this day. Today's all we got, so we cannot stop. This is our block. In the heights, I hang my flag
1: on our display. Jeez. It reminds me that I came from miles away. This
0: is crazy. In the best things in my life and I built my little dream, my suenito. Washington's The we in the flight for a couple of days in the life for what it's like in Washington heights. Welcome to Close Watch where we get to know our guests through the movies they love. On this episode we're talking 2021's in the heights as we continue going through movie musicals all throughout 2023. And I am honored to welcome to the show the Lady Wan. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me again. I love it here.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So we were talking right before we started recording that. It, I feel like it has been a while. I think we you were on franchise detours uh, for Spider Man, the original <laughs> Sam Raimi Spider Man. I think that was last year. Yeah. Time is very relative. Like who the hell knows what's going on? I have, an 18, I have an eighteen. I have an eighteen month old now and a, a six year old. So I'm like. Every day is both the same and drastically different at the same time. So it's like, you know, who knows where you'll find me next. Um, But yes, but before that, we uh, we talked La La Land on this feed when it was still the Crooked Table podcast. So we have a a lot of history with musicals. We even talked about a uh, another Lin-Manuel Miranda musical, which I'll, I'll mention in a minute. But before we do that, tell people a little bit about who you are and tell them about Screen Run.
1: yeah. Uh, So my show is Screen Run. Uh, Chris and I, my co-hosts, we explore an artist or franchise movie by movie in different seasons. So in season one, we did all the films of Kevin Smith. And in season two, we covered the Alien franchise. And you uh, were so, so gracious to join us for Alien versus Predator. And uh, right now we're doing John Carpenter. So we are uh, going movie by movie all through his career. And I'm excited that you're going to be back again on this season.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's a wild filmography, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I, It's like it's all
0: over the place. And and I, I pretty much every genre, I think one point or another, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So that's yeah. that's a really that's a really <laughs> intense journey that you're going on. So yeah,
1: it's an education. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: How many is there a lot of his movies that you hadn't seen previously?
1: Oh, yeah. I think I had only seen five of his films before and some of them I had only seen like one time. So I am. Uh, I am, yeah, (laughs) I'm learning a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, it's fun too, because not only is there, is there quite a a range as far as genre is concerned, but it's also, there's a lot of movies that are really, uh, that are, are really different and really stand out that you, you know, people never talk about like Starman, for example.
1: Right. Like that Uh, never uh, comes up as like classic Carpenter, but it's so great. He did an amazing job. Yeah, Exactly. uh, yeah. So it's it's quite a range. It's been really very educational, like I said, but really fun so far. Uh I I'm having a blast.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I look, I'm looking forward to, to coming on for that. Yes. Uh so obviously you're a big fan of movie musicals. <laughs> we uh we talked previously about La La Land. Yes. You were even on the uh the crooked Roundtable we did for Hamilton, well you were kind of on the crooked yeah. round table. And then due to technical difficulties, you were on we, you and I basically re-recorded a second conversation uh, that got got included into there. So you're you've kind of been my uh, one of my go-to lin minimal Miranda uh, experts on oh, yeah. this on this podcast. Yeah. So what you know, what is your your history with the movie musical genre specifically? And then we'll we'll start zeroing in little by little onto <laughs> in the heights.
1: Yeah. Um I love a movie musical. I just love them. La La Land is my de facto favorite movie and I will not be hearing criticism that it's not really a musical cuz the songs kind of stop halfway through. I will not be accepting that criticism. I don't care. Uh it's I just I was raised on musicals, you know, as a Disney kid, so all yeah. Disney movies are musicals. So that's just what I liked. And um I'm always down for a musical anytime time now. Um, it, it just immediately draws me in. I I just think it's fascinating what a range of stories you can tell through musicals. And uh, yeah, I I was aware of In the Heights. I, I distinctly remember the Broadway sign for the show, uh, like Lin-Manuel and his goofy, like wide leg jeans um, that is like burned into my brain. And then I never really listened to it because I'm real picky about Broadway musicals. I don't want to listen to the soundtrack until I can see the show. And so, you know, I held off on watching, um, or excuse me, I held off on listening to wicked until I saw a, a, uh, bootleg Broadway video that I downloaded off LimeWire in college. So, uh, I just, I, I love a musical. I love a Broadway musical and, um, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is kind of as corny as he can be. He's kind of made for me. So I'm a big fan.
0: (laughs) No, I I, more than even more than even not listening to the soundtracks. Like I, I feel like you can't, you, you're incapable of appreciating it, Mm -hmm. even if you do listen to it. Like I listened to the Hamilton soundtrack before seeing the Disney plus version or, or seeing it on stage or anything. And I was like, I don't know. This is good, I guess. I feel like you can't really appreciate no, it. It's it doesn't like
1: hit the same.
0: It's yeah. It's like reading Shakespeare in high school. You're like, mm-hmm. uh, you need to see it perform to appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's, it's or re- it's like reading a screenplay without seeing the film that that is uh, the end result of it. And yeah, yeah I, I totally I totally feel that. <laughs> uh, it's for me, uh, it, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been sort of like the the guidepost throughout this pandemic era yeah. uh, because, because in 2020 like when the Disney Plus version dropped and I think it was like July 4th weekend pretty yes. much.
1: Yes it was uh, in
0: 2020. <laughs> uh, I, I think I didn't see it until like a weekend because I think my wife and I were like ah sure let's just put it on. I don't know whatever. And then my life was forever changed. Yeah. And I'm standing I'm standing right now talking to you in my in front of me. I have my uh, Alexander Hamilton Funko pop on this desk <laughs> to my right. <laughs> I have the the, the saw like the poster that they sell at the Richard Rogers Theater where I saw it on Broadway oh. in December. Incredible. And uh, I have, you know, I've also bought the shirt there. Like I'm now fully on board Hamill fan. Uh, so that was hugely, hugely impactful for me in 2020, yeah. which is why I was like, I have to record an episode on this, especially with an election coming up that oh my fall, gosh, Yes, uh, which I posted that around there. And then in 2021, so I was like primed and ready. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Did someone say more Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yeah. <laughs> um, In the Heights was that for me in 2021. And then honestly, uh, Encanto was kind of that for me in 2022. So like every year has been like Lin-Manuel Miranda's music Mm -hmm. has been like the soundtrack to my life, Uh, especially with two small kids, you know, listening to, you know, the Encanto soundtrack on loop, (laughs) et cetera. So when In the Heights came out, did you, did you, you know, what expectations were you bringing to this? this uh, movie. I'm assuming you still haven't. Have you seen this on stage or is it just the movie version?
1: I've only seen the movie version. I've watched a bunch of videos of performances of it on Broadway since I saw the movie uh, because I saw it when it came out in theaters. I went with my uh, two closest friends from high school. It came out in the summer and it was hot. It was very hot. It was the perfect calor, season for it to come calor, out.
0: <laughs> calor, right. It was right?
1: Oh, it was amazing because we're walking in, you know, we had made the foolish decision to park really far away and, like, make our way through the outdoor mall on our way to mm-hmm. the movie theaters. So we were, like, sweaty once we got in there. And then we're like, oh, okay, let's just say we did this on purpose. Like, this is the vibe. Because we didn't know, uh, my friends and I, who, when we saw we didn't know anything other than the trailer. We we're just like, we know we're gonna like it because it's Lin Miranda, and I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to look anything up. Let's just go into this. And it, we were dancing in our seats. We were crying. We were laughing. We were like smacking each other when Christopher Jackson shows up. We're like, Darius, it's Washington. Washington. <laughs> like absolutely losing it. Um, it was, it was such a fun theatrical experience. It wasn't super, super crowded because it was still 2021. So going to the movies was like a questionable decision. But um, I could hear just, you know, you could hear other people quietly sobbing uh, (laughs) after Paciencia. And um, yeah, it was it was a delight in the theater. But I had no idea what I was going into. I just knew I'm going to see this. I cannot wait. And I hope I love it. And I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was curious about it beforehand because the trailer, the movie was supposed to come out in summer 2020.
1: Yeah. But
0: then for obvious reasons, got pushed a whole year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I was curious about it based on the trailer. And this was before I had even seen, uh, you know, the Disney Plus version of Hamilton or anything. So yeah. so, yeah. So then when it finally came out and it did the, it, it did the simultaneous yes. theatrical HBO Max thing, Yes. And I was seeing things on film Twitter where people were like go see it on the big screen, <laughs> don't watch it at home. I was like, all right, that's all I need to hear.
1: Yeah. Um
0: so I yeah, so I did see it on the on the big screen for the first time too. Yeah. Um <laughs> and it's both very similar and very different than Hamilton, I think. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything sort of going to see it uh at that point being a Hamilton fan that you were <laughs> sort of expecting from it to other than more music from the same guy?
1: I mean, I I, I, yeah, it was, you can tell immediately it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like he's got a thing. He's got a lane. He stays in that lane, but he does it so well. So like, you don't ever need to change lanes, man. Um, so I, I didn't know really what I was going to be getting from. I didn't know about the story. I didn't know about the influences and the music. I didn't know anything. And, um, I was just so happy with everything I saw. I just think Anthony Ramos is adorable. I loved him in Hamilton. Um, He's like such a standout performance in that. And so I was excited that it was going to be him as the star Mm. and really getting to see him shine. And he he does. He's just so charming. He's adorable throughout Um, all of his scenes when he's not singing. It feels like he's just improv It really does. Like I'm watching it. I'm like, she's acting. He's just talking to her. (laughs) Like, I really feel like he's just like saying whatever. And they just filmed it. And I, I know that that's, you know, not the case. There is a story there. Um, but it's just, he's so natural and so charismatic. So I was, very excited to see him. And then I uh knew lin Manuel Miranda was gonna be in it, but I didn't know how. And because I hadn't seen the show before or listened to the soundtrack, I didn't know there was uh the random Piragua man who could be uh. <laughs> showing up. So as soon as he showed up, I was like, ah, there he
0: is. <laughs> and he's he's even on the poster, like it's like him on the bottom being like lin Manuel Miranda presents kind of just yes. hanging out. They're like on hey, the bottom of yeah. the poster with his cart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know his name. You better show up for this.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I want to I want to back it up a bit. Yeah. So, obviously, this was directed by John M. Chu, who on the poster just you know just in Crazy Rich Asians a couple of years yes. prior, been doing film for a while before all the way back to Step Up to the Streets. If people remember <laughs> that franchise, oh, yeah. um, and then like like we said, this came out in June tenth, twenty twenty one, both theater- theatrically and on HBO Max, and uh, did not do great at the box office. I think no. you, it's It's. I think you can chalk a lot of that up to just the pandemic. Yes. uh, Because this had a fifty-five million dollar budget and it made twenty-nine domestically and forty-five worldwide. And it's one of those things where film Twitter was really into it, but no one else went to see it. Why do Why do you think that this movie didn't seem to get a lot of attention? Is it just the pandemic, or do people just not have a particular hunger for for movie musicals, like at least mainstream audiences?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of factors. I think. On the one hand, a simultaneous release, it's never going to do that well. Um, it's And especially with the HBO Max model, there was no extra fee. You know, I, I had HBO Max. I could have watched it the morning that I went to the theater if I wanted mm-hmm. to. But I was like, no, I want to pay for this movie. I want them to get my money. And I actually went. Um, so I was supposed to go with two friends. Uh, and one of them canceled at the last minute. And when we got there to scan our tickets, they're like, oh, well, we can refund her. And I was like, no don't refund her. <laughs> so I paid for three tickets, even though only two of us went to see it. Cause I was that committed to supporting the movie. Um, so I think that was a big part of it was it's sort of, you could just stay home and feel safer, stay home and save the money because movies are expensive. And then also it's not really got a star that people know. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if you know Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, Anthony Ramos, but you know, he's not, he's not a banner star of the film. And then everybody else like, yeah, you got Jimmy Smith's in there, you know, but it's just, it's not a bunch of famous people who people are going to turn out to see. It's not a story that a lot of people know, which I think it's just the most unfortunate timing ever was that West Side Story came out the same year. And if any old people were going to get out and go see a musical in the theaters, they were going to go see the one they knew. And, um, Yeah, it was just kind of unfortunate timing. I think pandemic, a lack of audience uh, knowing the story. It's not a famous musical. I think like Wicked is going to smash the box office when it comes out. But Wicked is like Hamilton. (laughs) Like it's that big. And I don't think people know in the heights as much. And obviously, if Hamilton never blows up, this never becomes a movie. And this was a big Broadway right. hit, but it's not going to become a movie. It simply became a film because of Lin-Manuel Miranda's, like stock. He's the Hollywood stock, right? But he's too old, too old to be Usnavi, so it can't be starring him. And I, I wish they would have had somebody more famous as Vanessa, because I know Vanessa Hudgens did it on uh, the Ke- uh, Kennedy Center. So I think right. that could have helped maybe a little bit. Um, but, you know... I, th- I think it's just kind of a, a rough combination of things, and I was so disappointed when it didn't do well—not just at the box office, but then it kind of just got a, completely ignored when award season came around. Like I said, bad timing yeah. for West Side Story also being out and having Spielberg's name on it. Like, what are you gonna do? So,
0: yeah. West Side Story, which to your point also didn't do very well at the box nope. office, uh, which is crazy. I mean, that—that's <laughs> one of the like if if even if people have never seen any musicals. West Side Story is, like, one of, like, five they probably have seen. That, like, Wizard of Oz and, you know, a couple others. Yeah, Uh, And for that to also be a bad, you do do poorly at the box office, I Mm -hmm. think, yes, is a testament to this. And to your point, yeah, it's basically Jimmy Smith's and company. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the biggest thing they have going on. Uh, One thing I think that's really interesting, especially... Again, like you, I haven't seen this on stage either. I'd love to. So, if it ever came came around here to Tampa, <laughs> yes. I would I would check Audien. it out for sure. Now, uh, but it's they there's a lot of changes to the source material too. Yes. Uh, songs are are reordered, mm-hmm. uh, lyrics are changed, characters are killed off, other characters <laughs> are added, subplots <laughs> are added. I mean, what are your you know in hindsight, having seen the film and then discovering that after the fact, what are your thoughts on all the alterations to the story no most notably nina's mother is not a part of this set whatsoever and also the whole dreamers subplot that i think adds like uh, extra potency to this story
1: i think every single change they made was for the best i uh, easy for me to say having not seen it on stage but you can't you can't just convert a stage musical to to film i mean wicked they're breaking up into two movies now which is going to be crazy um it's just too long. Uh, you know, Broadway shows are much longer than a theatrical run can be. And I, I think they made excellent choices with which songs they kept versus which ones they've omitted from the show. I think they also really strengthened Vanessa's story through the changes they made to kind of explore her a little bit more. And I love the Dreamers' addition to it. Um, I think it makes it so much more impactful and it really because kind of the obvious comparison to make to this film is to West side story is, you know, it's a movie, movie musical set in New York city, but like, this is the next iteration of what those stories become. You know, this is immigration. It's, there's a different set of problems now for people to deal with. And I think it really takes the story completely into modern times and really makes you think like there's, there's impact to everything that's going on in here. And um I love it. I lo- I love all the changes they made. I think it's really streamlined the story and um I love it.
0: No, and it empowers these characters in a lot of ways. Yes. Like, you know, uh for example, my my dad's side of the family is is Cuban. So, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I have a lot of cousins in Miami and all of that. Cousins whom honestly, I haven't talked to in years because there was a big falling out when my uh, my parental my paternal grandfather passed away like a few years ago right after my daughter was born. So I haven't talked to them in a long time really. and so this movie made me feel more in touch with my Cuban side yeah. than I have in real life in a long time and I think it's it's in the little the little details as uh, yes. abola Claudia <laughs> points out and it, and it it's it really does kind of put a spotlight on the the Latinx culture mm-hmm. and and people and, I, and it makes it feel like more of a celebration and I think the Dreamers storyline and you know yeah. the way that it uh, it gives uh, Nina sort of a new direction and mm-hmm. a focus and it's all about the the way I see the story is not only focusing on everybody's particular dreams their sueñitos mm-hmm. but also uh, having them sort of s- shift their perspective of their community and yeah. and the neighborhood of Washington Heights as 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 a like the fuel source for those dreams as opposed to like draining them of those dreams like it's not an anchor it's sort of a a propulsion that they get mm-hmm. from uh from the neighborhood what are you what is your what are your thoughts on like the 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 <laughs> themes of this movie like because it's it's really it's one of those things that like even if you're not of uh latinx descent you're not you know uh, i think in the in the carnival scene there's like dominicans there's mexicans there's uh puerto ricans and then uh cubans it's like the four main factions that are all sort of
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> dance battling or something i don't know what exactly but they're like spotlighting each one of them with their flags and it's like really yes. you're really rich and powerful even if you none of those apply to you it, it's one of those things that like the more specific the story is the more universal it feels at the same time
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, talking about Nina's journey in the movie, she goes from, you know, wondering out loud, what if my parents had never immigrated? Like, how much easier would my life be if I had just, we never had to come here and struggle. We just stayed in Puerto Rico. And then it all the way to, no, I want to make my life's work be getting people citizenship here in the States, if that's what they want. Like what, what a turn for one summer, (laughs) like what a perspective shift that she had, but it is, um, you know, I think even if that's not your particular of the world where your family comes from, so many people in the United States are immigrants, even just a couple generations back. I mean, my mom is first, first person to leave her country to come to the States. And, Mm. you know, there's a lot of, (laughs) a lot of people in, in my age are like, should we move to other countries? Cause it's kind of crazy here. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of interesting to think about is is like, what does it mean to, to leave a country that your family came to, to, to get away from something else? You know, like it just really kind of puts in perspective the struggles of your past generations to get to where you are so that you can appreciate that. Um, It's, you know, it's so much to think about like family and, and the, your family's legacy. And I just, I love that in the first song where they're singing about my family came from miles away. Like it's still, everybody's proud that they got to the States, but everybody's still proud of where they came from. And I right. love that those are two completely equal sentiments that everybody in this movie has is like, I'm from here and I live here. And it's just, it's so like, they're both equally powerful and um, it's, it's a unique thing to celebrate. And I love that.
0: And you get the generational, uh, like the differences between the different oh, yeah. generational perspectives. Where, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, the alabanza, the, the right, like right, I think we're either right before or after that the song. After spoilers, after Abuela Claudia <laughs> passes, um, a Usnavi's talking about you know she 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 you know Abuela Claudia like uh, focused on all these little the mm-hmm. the little things in our lives that, that we ignore,
1: right. Like,
0: you know the, the the embroidered napkins being the obvious like symbol for that.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the, the her t- her telling the story about her mother's gloves, uh, these little things that the younger people are just like they take for granted. They're like, yeah. ah, yeah, that's whatever. That's it. Yeah. It and, wasn't and their you know, struggle. Exactly. And Usnavi starts every day being like, you know, oh, when I was a kid, the best days of my yeah. life. <laughs> As, as Sonny says, he has those island, island memories, memories. <laughs> which the line deliveries in this movie, like oh. across the board are, are so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love that they, you know, there's all the different sides to that. You know, uh, Abuela Claudia's uh, story as as sort of told through Paciencia y Fe and Sonny, who was like, no, this is my island. This is where right. I, you know, I was a baby on the plane. Like, I don't really like, yeah, I came from there and I'm proud to be from there, but I'm also, I'm here. This is my yeah, home. Like now it's everybody's good. sort of, it's a search for I- for identity basically mm-hmm. is what it is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So powerful.
0: It, is there a particular character since Suenito and everybody's dreams and everybody's <laughs> goals? Is there a particular character's uh, journey or arc, I guess, in that regard that really resonates with you? Like who do you feel closest to? Who do you feel for the most in this movie?
1: You know, I, I think of our main kind of our main four I I feel like all the stories are strengthened from the musical but I still think Mm -hmm. for me like Usnabi just kind of is the one that I connect with the most you know he's he's on his own but he's you know he's trying to put himself first but he's also like not willing to leave anybody else behind so he's really like he's got a mindset for like I'm gonna get what I want and it's it's interesting to kind of see his journey because he takes the longest to change his mind. <laughs> yeah. Like that everybody else is kind of like all on board before he is, but he takes the longest to kind of make that turn and decide like, no, this is it. Everything I've ever wanted is right here. If I had just been paying attention instead of dreaming about going somewhere else. But I, I just think I, for, for me, he's the kind of character that I, you know, am drawn to the most just because of how he's, He's got more control in his life than it feels like our other three, Nina, Benny and Vanessa, you know, he Mm -hmm. is, he's got his own shop. He's going to go broke in that shop or he's going to make money in that shop, but everybody else is kind of dependent on somebody else. And, and so I think for me, that's why I'm kind of drawn to him the most is it, it, it's do or die based on him. So, right.
0: Yeah. No, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's and Anthony Ramos performance here. Like you said earlier, it's, is so strong. Like I'm so pissed that like none, nobody from this movie got any real awards attention. It's just like, how (laughs) like (laughs) even Lin-Manuel Miranda, who obviously wrote this thing and and originated that role. Even he, after seeing this movie and like when they were in production, I've seen, you know, behind the scenes stuff (laughs) with him. Cause I have the Blu-ray and I've listened to the commentary and all that stuff. Uh, He even, he's like, Oh, he's like, I played Usnavi, but he is Usnavi. Like he embodies that character and makes Usnavi kind of come to life in a way that oh, yeah. even the the man who wrote Usnavi was like, <laughs> mm, I don't know, he does a better job. He feels more more like this character than than I than I you know even I was capable of, of doing on my own. So I, I he's yeah he's so charismatic and obviously you know super talented dancer and yeah. singer and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's like that awkward side to him where every time I watch this, I'm like, there's a, there's a quote, because I I was a big fan of How I Met Your Mother when that was on the air. And there's a there's a, an episode of that where they're talking about like, who's the reacher and who's the settler in the relationship, like with Marshall and Lily or whatever. And so that's like a touchstone I go to a lot. And I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, so who's the reacher and who's the settler in this situation? And every time I watch this, I'm like, he is so the reacher and Vanessa yeah. is so the settler <laughs> because she just seems so, you know, on like on top of things and, and driven. And he spends the whole movie being very like, I don't know. I'm hitting okay. here in my store. I guess I'm going to go back to the Dominican <laughs> Republic. He has to have his much younger cousin sort of ask her out for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all that, and the way that he handles things in the, in the, uh, Fiesta, in the uh, Fiesta in the Heights in the club. And yeah. sort of like, oh yeah, gosh. I'm gonna play it so cool that she thinks I don't care at all. <laughs> yeah, guy, that's that that sounds yeah. like it'll work out for you. Um <laughs> what what are your to that end, what are you how do how do you land where do you land on because we have kind of two love stories sort of going on simultaneously? Yeah. Cause as much as this movie has a lot of other things going on, there's also two romances <laughs> in the middle yeah. of it. Which of those do you kind of think is a Is more successful is a better (laughs) fit, and which of those are you like? They got some work to do because I, I I mean, I think it's the movie lands pretty clearly uh, one way, and uh, I think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we because of the the choice to make sort of the framing device for the story to be Usnavi telling the story, quote unquote, from the beach of what we're watching. Right, you know, you do eventually. You get the reveal sort of halfway through, but that's his daughter, which is like the cutest little re- reveal. Is. Like that kid is so stinking cute. How I, is I that can't not even.
0: Anthony Ramos's actual daughter? Cause they look, she oh looks so much like him. She it's looks crazy.
1: exactly like him. It's just, it's so, oh, it's so cute. And yeah, the reveal. And she's like, keep going daddy. And you're like, oh, that's his kid. And then, <laughs> you know, when you find out at the end that that's, it's he and Vanessa who have the daughter together Obviously, you know, seems like things are going pretty well for them. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see for for the two of them how their dreams can mesh together. Mm-hmm. They can build that life together because really what he's looking for more than anything is, you know, connection and that feeling of home and that feeling of home he can find with her. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be in the Dominican. Um, so you can kind of see that that coming together but I don't know I think Benny and Nina are doomed I don't think that's gonna work out (laughs) well it's
0: weird it's weird too because here's here's the thing on paper it's it's like twofold on paper I feel like Usnavi and Vanessa good match in the movie you're like damn they got some things they need to sort out yeah (laughs) and then on paper Benny and Nina are doomed, but in the movie, Corey Hawkins and Leslie Grace oh, so have are, are yeah adorable together. They have they have more numbers together than Vanessa and Usnavi do. They have two kind of ballad duets yeah. uh, in this movie, and the chemistry is is so palpable with the two of them oh, uh, yes. that it's like, well, maybe it's because it's <laughs> so it, it's it's sort of split both ways. Yeah. You're like, well, damn, I don't know which. Which way this is gonna go? One's a better fit, like you know, as far as chemistry chemistry is is, there
1: for sure with Nina and Benny. Like you can, his face when he first sees her during the Benny's dispatch is it's so sweet, like it's Mm -hmm. so cute. Where he's just like, "Nina," and you're like, "Oh my god, this is adorable!" Like, you know, that she's been gone for, you know, you have to assume maybe she came home for Christmas, so he probably hasn't seen her in six months at this point, right? But It's just they really do have the chemistry together. And I think he's a fantastic character. I really like how they kind of simplified the conflict with um, Nina and Benny into it really being about Nina's issues um, versus, you know, expanding into other things like Benny doesn't know Spanish and like her parents are not really into it. Like I'm glad they just excised all of that and just really let it be about Nina's. Kind of indecision and and not knowing what to do with the amount of guilt that she has over her dad supporting her going to college and then just kind of Denny is like uh, pff, pff, collateral damage to to Nina's life essentially yeah. um, closing the cab the cab business so I I think chemistry wise they're there but I oh don't know I'm I'm still I have college was a long time ago but it was not so long ago that I am not immediately given like cold sweats at the thought of tuition expenses and (laughs) like on the one hand i think nina is so silly because if she'd gone to columbia or nyu she'd be spending more on tuition than stanford sure there'd be no living expenses because she could commute but you're not going to really get the full college experience yet so i'm just gonna kind of say that but like right but she's also not wrong because student loans will cripple you for life. (laughs) And and all I can think is like, you want to be a lawyer after this girl, that's going to be another half a million dollars (laughs) in student loans that you're going to have to take out. So I am, I am worried for however many years down the line we are when we see Usnavi and Vanessa's adorable little child. Like, what's going on with Benny and Nina? Yeah, it's notably... Are they together?
0: <laughs> notably, we don't see them at all. Like, the, no. they, the the movie is just like, you don't need to know. It's, it's yeah, a whole it's other story. Important. But I am yeah. worried
1: about, you know, Kevin sold the business, but, like, how much is that going to cover? And then how much is law school going to be? So I'm very worried about Nina's, you know, financial life at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. college is expensive. So it's it's uh yeah it's an interesting point of of conflict for a character in a movie you don't often see something so realistic as you know like a character's real struggle is like college costs a lot of money if some if the if a movie is going to talk about how expensive college is or it's going to be like a joke like soul man. <laughs> where It's like, well, how can we get around this? Uh, you know, it, but it's a real thing. And and I'm glad it was something that was even though it's not a huge, huge point for her. Um, I am glad that they covered it. And because people of, of that generation, like that's the number one concern for them through their 20s and yeah. then 30s and 40s is like, how much loans like how much are your loans? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten together with friends and it's like, how much are your loans? Like, it just becomes a talking point of like, how in debt are we all from college? And yeah, so. (laughs) And it's also
0: the, the like burden that she has to carry feeling like she has to represent yeah. the entire community yes. like not only her father and her family but like everyone is like oh you know like she has a whole song about it yeah like she's the one that made it out right so like he like he says if you can if you can you're the best we have if you can't yeah. do it like how, how yeah, what does that say the about pressure. the rest of us yeah it's, uh it's, yeah it's I, I like all the changes that they made. I think the dreamers aspect of it, mm-hmm. I think adds a lot of of weight to this this movie. I think uh, even with the the interpersonal relationships with the main four, the history with Benny and Nina, they ha- mm-hmm. it, it, them having a romantic history was an, it was a new thing for the movie. Yeah. In the show, they had never dated before, and I think that would have made it feel kind of weird that they're all of a sudden together.
1: Yeah, uh, also she's I, like 19. Don't be creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like it's good that uh, they dated when she was, you know, in high school and you can see right. he was like right out of high school and that then then it's okay. Then it yeah. feels a lot better.
0: <laughs> the uh, the fight that uh, if I'm not mistaken the fight that Usnavi and Vanessa have in Blackout, it was originally <laughs> Nina and Benny, I believe. Like there was they they swapped a lot of things around and I think like you were saying earlier, they they strengthen Vanessa's character. They give her a lot more agency this yeah. time around, uh, which is which is why it's interesting. Like, who is the female lead of this? Because I would say Vanessa, because she's her she's Usnavi's love interest. Right. But also, I feel like Nina takes up more real estate on screen yeah. more often than not. Uh, yeah, which who would you say is is the the main lead of this? And also. Those two, Melissa Barrera and Leslie Grace, those, th- those were the new new discoveries as far as yes. the main cast for me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you said, Anthony Ramos, we knew from Hamilton. Corey Hawkins yeah. has been in a bunch of things straight out of Compton. He was in Kongskull Island, which I don't remember, but I know that he was in it. <laughs> and I did see it. <laughs> me um, too. So uh, Melissa Barrera, when she comes in there in in, in the opening number, like mm, yeah. immediately, like She's such a smoke show th- and just like, damn. <laughs> Um, and then Leslie Grace to me, it was such a revelation in this movie, yeah. uh, from the first moment, like every time I watch this movie and from the first time I saw it in theaters when they're doing Benny's dispatch and he's trying to get her to say hello. And she starts and then she sings, hello, good morning. I'm like, Oh, she's yeah. amazing. That angelic voice that comes out of her. Uh, what are you, what was that discovery of, for of these two like for you? And, and I guess how amazing their careers have. <laughs> sort of developed Leslie Grace obviously was supposed to be Batgirl, oh, which I'm still so upset. I'm still pissed about that. Yes. Um
1: so yeah. Yeah. It's I I think Nina is the female lead. I I do. I think she's got a stronger voice. I think she's got more chemistry with her love interest. Mm. And I think she's got a more robust story. I mean I'm I'm so glad that they developed Vanessa's character more so that we actually understand her dreams and we see her working. And they've done really so, so many of the things that just so often don't get done in, in movies in particular is just like, eh, she's the girl. She's the prettiest one here. So, you know, yeah. she's the girl. That's how it works. And I'm I'm really glad that they did all of that. But I do feel like Leslie Grace's presence on screen is just above and beyond. And I think she okay. is the the female lead and i i'm so bummed as well that that we're not going to get her Batgirl movie i can't imagine what that like has, i just can't even process what that must have been like for her to film an entire movie and mm-hmm. then be like no it's not happening like that's impossible
0: to like, film an entire movie based on a uh, uh, you know a huge character yeah. from one of the two giant like comic one of the book most titans famous
1: characters of all time <laughs> yes. is batman and oh, i i and- it's and being
0: the the first the first Latina Batgirl mm-hmm. on screen, obviously, and yeah, that's like you know the character of Batgirl is fine. Like I would have been curious to see that movie regardless, but I was yeah. most excited to see yeah. Leslie Grace get an opportunity like that after this movie because mm-hmm. for me she was the big she was the of the of the younger generation. You know, we'll talk about Olga Meredith in a second. <gasps> uh, like she. She is the standout, clearly, yeah, for really me. Is. Here, we knew Anthony Ramos was great. We've seen him before, <laughs> and now he's going to be the lead in the new Transformers. Like all mm-hmm. these people are now in huge franchises. Melissa Barrera is, I guess, the new Sydney Prescott in the Scream franchise somehow. <laughs> uh, and I you know I still think she's great, and I, I actually did like Scream Five. I know a lot of people. It's kind of divisive. Uh, I, I, you know, Leslie Grace feels like the one who had her big shot kind of torn away uh, yeah. unfairly because of a tax break, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so so unfair, yeah. but I, I think she's absolutely incredible in this and I, I will watch whatever she's doing. Cause she's, she is wonderful. Like it's her voice, her talent, her, the heart that she has throughout, like, if, ugh, it's just, it's so wonderful. So she, she is a standout to me over Vanessa. And I really am still kind of, wishing that Vanessa Hudgens had been Vanessa. <laughs> like, I really do. She was so good in the Kennedy Center version of it. And, you know, she was obviously very good in Tick, Tick, Boom. So, like, yes. let's, let's give her some more shots. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the other, some of the other performers here, obviously, Daphne Ruman Vega. Yes. You know, Broadway legend. Uh, Gregory Diaz, the fourth, the Sunny. Like, I think that's, he's an, another kind of cool emerging star. I think yeah. he, he's given some really fun stuff to do here. Jimmy Smith's we already mentioned and uh, Olga Merediz as uh Abuela Claudia. Like if there was an acting award for this film, <laughs> she should have been nominated. Yeah. And it's, it, I, I, I said this to my wife when, when, you know, we were watching it the other day for this podcast, like it kind of feels like with the level of production in in this movie. And you know, this obviously is as how the industry works sometimes kind of feels like if this was all white people, we would have gotten some nominations. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it's with the, the amount of emotion in this story and, Ugh. and the level of songwriting. And I think John M. Chu is, is kind of underrated as a director. Uh, I, I, I he's brings such energy and vibrancy to the screen that, that, that camera is constantly moving around and oh, yeah. it kind of keeps that, that energy and that pace running throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are you, what do you, what do you, what do you, Olga Merediz as uh, Abuela <laughs> Claudia. Uh, thoughts on on her performance because she is the one kind of big holdover from the yes. stage version. Who you know, sort of. I I heard her. I give her heard her describe this. So she's sort of aged into this role, <laughs> where <laughs> yeah, she played this character yeah. like 10-15 years earlier, and now she's kind of more age appropriate
1: for it. She's still too young to be Abuela. <laughs> like yeah. I, I that. So that did not occur to me when I saw this film. I was like, she's amazing. And then obviously I was like, tell me about her internet. And they're like, she was a boy Claudia on stage. And I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. She was nominated for the Tony for her role. She did not win, which makes me sad, but she was Tony nominated. So at least, you know, she had that, that recognition, but I did not, I just assumed she was, you know, maybe in, in her seventies. And like, that was what the assumption I made. And then I was watching that movie, uh, the other day, I think it's, it's either somebody I used to know or someone I used to know. I can't remember, but it's the Alison Brie uh, movie that she did with Dave Franco. Yeah. Uh, I think wrote it and directed it. And she plays Allison Brie's love interest mom in that film. And I was watching it and I heard her voice. And I'm like, why do I know her voice? And she she's like 63. Like <laughs> she had yeah. dark hair in this movie. I was like, Abuela, like how? <laughs> and then I looked her up. And so when this was first on Broadway, she was like in her early fifties. Yeah, like, she wasn't even born when she's talking about when they came over from Cuba. Like, no. So it it is quite, quite funny. Cause you know, you can, you can fudge ages on stage far more than you can in, in film. I think Kristen Chenoweth has said that about wicked. She's like, yeah, I was supposed to be like in high school. Um, so you can get away with more when it's on stage, but I think she's absolutely incredible in this. Um, her last kind of belt in Paciencia y Fe, like just gives me chills every time. I think that that number in particular is the most beautiful in the entire film. Uh, it's just it's visually stunning. Her performance is amazing. Like the kind of dissonance between what she's singing and how people are treating her mm-hmm. in the scene. Like it's just absolutely incredible. And I I think she's amazing. And I think she gives the best performance of anyone in the film. And I love basically everyone at any moment, (laughs) but she is just, she's, she gives that heart to the movie and she grounds it. And, um, you know, I was, I was watching this after I saw it in the theaters. I was watching it on HBO max literally the next day again, um, with, with my boyfriend. And he was like, you better not kill Abuela Claudia. And I was just like, <laughs> sh- sh- uh, sh- sh- keep <laughs> watching, it's like, not over. No, he was so upset. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's she's amazing, she's abs- her voice is unreal.
0: Yeah, this singing the, the singing voice for uh, uh the abuela in in the high uh in, in canto as well, uh is Olga Meridi. So yeah, uh, I think she's already Stephanie good. Beatrice also plays Carla yes. in here. Mir- Mirabelle herself from yes. Encanto, well, so it's they, nice to see uh, Lin-Manuel kind of bringing <laughs> some of the same talent back, back around. Um, yeah, she she also I think her and, and Dasha Polenko. Oh
1: my god uh,
0: I sh- think they yeah they're really like <laughs> some of the reactions that they that they give in this are are really are really fun, and they add a lot of uh, you know they add a lot of little uh, side side reactions and things to that. Like there's. Um, I think there's one scene in the, in the, the scene in the salon where Daniela, who, who seems like she's the emerging new matriarch of this group Mm, by the end of the film, which I think is really cool. Uh, She's like, Oh, you know, just three, three exits. You, you, you go on the, you know, on the subway, (laughs) boom. And then you're in my new, you know, you're in my new location at the Grand Concourse. And, And somebody's like, oh, you know, uh, that's my break's not long enough to go over there. And then Carla's like (laughs) face a face. (laughs) And she does so much with kind of what was on the page, a very sort of minimal Mm -hmm. character, uh, including to the fact that, again, kind of confirmed for this movie that Danielle and Carla are together, are a romantic couple, which is something that I think fans of the show were sort of like, is that what's going on? And the movie was like, yeah, let's make that canon.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: I, I appreciated that as well.
1: I, I love that choice. My only criticism is that I fully didn't even realize it the first time I watched the it's movie. It's very
0: subtle, yeah.
1: It's, it's too subtle and I think you can barely tell that that's Daniela when they wake up in the morning. You only Same. see it for a second and you haven't met daniela and carla yet so you and she's like she's got her scarf on like she's not got her face full of makeup so like you can kind of recognize stephanie beatrice but you recognize daphne like yeah it's, I, it's I, just I straight quick. up didn't
0: notice that done in my first no, viewing
1: no it wasn't until after i saw it the first time and then i was like oh reading about like the lgbt re- representation i was like well where? where where i missed it and then i read that and i was like what and then watching it again you can see it but um you know, it, it, I wish it would have been more overt. And yeah. I I don't know how you accomplish that without it, it becoming like one of those like try hard criticisms of like, look, they're just trying to make a point of this. But I, I think it probably would have been easier to make that relationship clear if you didn't have the Dasha Polanco character. Mm-hmm. But I would not get rid of her for anything because she's no. so funny. So <laughs> it's just one of those. It's like when you know, you know, and you can appreciate it. But I I do wish it would have been more overt because I think a lot of people could watch the movie and not even notice. And I think it's it's the representation that makes a difference. So if you don't notice it, you kind of don't really get to claim any representation. It has to be clear. So it's it's better
0: than them promoting it. Like, you know, featuring (laughs) the first same sex Latina couple. In a, in a major Hollywood musical, like making that a talking point exactly. in the marketing, which is, like, you know, something we, we that Disney does every, every exactly. year, Disney's like the first blah in a, the first gay yeah. moment in a, in a Disney, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, really, that was I'm it. Like, Are you serious? I, I, I missed I, it. I missed it yeah. entirely.
1: So this, yeah. th- I would rather have it this way where it is not touted, but it's happening. Right. Uh, but I do wish it was just a little bit more clear. Um cuz i i love the change that that they made i think it improves the story i think it's it kind of takes those characters that are kind of the second second tier like kind of half background half uh characters in the show and when you establish that they're a couple together all of a sudden you know more about their lives because if they both had partners that you never saw you're not seeing a whole part of them yeah. so i think it it improves Danny's character improves Carla's character and it's important representation. I just wish it could have been dialed up just a little bit more so that I would have actually noticed the first time I watched it.
0: (laughs) No, that's fair. That's fair. It's a delicate balance between drawing attention to it and letting it seem organic. And I think they, they, Yeah. It's a baby step. I'll take it as yes. re- better to have it than not to have it. Like you Absolutely. said,
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, one thing that I think is really cool about this movie versus the, uh, you know, as far as an adaptation is the framing device, which you already mentioned, which I, I kind of didn't see coming. Like the whole movie, I'm like, <laughs> wait, what are they doing? Like, how is this going to work with him on the beach? Like, yeah. are, they, are they there on vacation? Like what's going on? Did you, I mean, I don't, the movie I feel like is not a hundred percent playing fair because how are you going to assume that that's <laughs> not a real beach when oh, it no. looks like they're on a beach?
1: Like you would, you would have no way it is. It is a real kind of bait and switch. As It, to it like, is just kidding. They didn't move to the Dominican. Um, but because I didn't really know anything about the story of the show, other than like the really, really rough outline, I didn't know that there was a song 96,000 and there was a lottery ticket at play. And I was like, oh, so somebody's going to like win the lottery and I'm going to spend this whole movie wondering who wins the lottery. You don't realize how like it's important, but it's Mm -hmm. not a like top line story. Right. Uh, But when when the during the first number, when you see multiple people buy lottery tickets, I was like, that's going to be it. It's like, we're going to wait to find out. And then once we kind of see things go along, I'm like, Oh, it must've been Usnavi that won the lottery because he's on the beach. And then I'm like, no, wait, no, he's going to buy his dad's place. And it's just, it sent my mind kind of trying to figure out how we got there completely unnecessarily. And I, I won't, I wouldn't change it I, You know, it's it's easy to kind of let go of how that confused me the first time I watched it when I've seen it like 10 times now. But my complaint as far as framing device goes is that we have two. we have him telling the story from the beach. And then we also have the countdown to the blackout. Yeah. And I don't know why we need the countdown to the blackout. I, I don't know at, at the point because he never refers to it. So if yeah. he were telling the story of the summer of the blackout, I would get it. But he's telling the story about what is the suenito. but then the screen keeps saying three days till the blackout, this is the temperature. And I'm like, why is it doing this? So yeah, it's like
0: it's like I Independence Day where it's like July 2nd. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're a couple of days <laughs> so, away from stuff really there. going down. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fine in Independence Day. You didn't need it in this because we do. Already have the framing device of his of him telling the story to the kids on the beach. I think so.
0: that's a I think that's a fair criticism. I, I I it doesn't bother me because it's so because it is just literally on the screen and then yeah. I move, it moves they pops move on up, it goes away. But it's like okay, what the hell does that have to do with anything? But
1: <laughs> yeah. it is the night
0: where everything sort of changed with yes. with the Buela Claudia and everything. uh So I, I yeah I, I that that's uh, that's a good point. I don't think you need that at all. Yeah, the, the, I, the, him telling the would, story is so much more impactful anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just please my, my own opinions here. If he would just talk about how it was the summer of the blackout, then that, that would have done it. You know, it just, there's just no connection between what you're showing me on screen with this countdown and then count after mm-hmm. compared to the narrator of the actual story. Like it it just never connects. And so, and that's not something that I I noticed for, like a year (laughs) so so it's a real nitpick to be complaining about it because it did take me so long to be like wait why are we doing both but um i do i like the addition of him telling the story from the beach because it does it you don't realize it at the start because you haven't gotten the reveal yet but it immediately introduces the kind of magical realism that's happening throughout Um, this movie exactly and it's so you, once you get to the end, you can't complain that you're like, well, why did it look like he was on a beach? And it's like, well, why did everything look like that? It's magical realism, man. It's a musical. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: you, you're you're beating me to my own notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have magical realism down. And and that they they sort of play fast and loose with that, I think, yes. from the very beginning with the manhole kind mm-hmm. of sluts, you know, turning like a turntable and all of that. <laughs> and, and I think that that is really smart because without that sort of element to it. Well, firstly, thematically, to back it up a second, firstly, thematically, the whole movie is about storytelling. It's about remembering the, the, where you come from. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of your community and keeping the, the people that, the, in your life who you've lost, uh, you know, keeping them alive through the stories that, of, of the impact that they made while they were here and all that. And that's, you know, as he says at the end, if not me, who you know who keeps our legacies? Which is obviously, as you know, as as a fellow Hamill fan,
1: yeah.
0: huge thing. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda must be very concerned about his own legacy right. I because think he can every relax now, yeah, I know, right? Every character of his is like legacy, legacy. What's, what's legacy? in a legacy? Yeah, exactly. Um, every, all of his lead characters are so fixated on what mark am I leaving behind? Uh, and having Usnavi ultimately be the one that keeps that story alive. Yeah. Makes sense. And then having this sort of be a slightly embellished version of what really happened mm-hmm. with the magic realism, I think feeds into that. And that also opens this movie up to not be necessarily a grounded story of a bunch of people in a neighborhood, but yeah. it has it, it allows it to be a lot more cinematic yes. where you get, you know, Nina and Benny dancing on the side of a building. You mm-hmm. get the, the Paciencia y Fe, oh. the whole Flashing back and forth of uh, on the subway and her kind of her whole life essentially flashing before her eyes, uh, which again, as far as an adaptation, not the way that number played out in the Whoa. in the musical whatsoever. In the in the in the stage version, she finds out she wins the lottery and then she's like, "What do what do I do with this money that I just won?" <laughs> and here, you don't find out she wins until she's gone. Yeah, and it's the number is instead her reflecting on her life and it's sort of the the double-edged sword of being an immigrant in America, like, oh, you're welcomed here. You're dancing with Mayor LaGuardia, you know, and all this. And then all of a sudden, you better clean this mess, you better yeah. learn English. It's <laughs> kind of like, you're so welcome. You know, bring us your tired, you're poor, and then put them to work because exactly. they're second class <laughs> citizens. And sort of that's the attitude that that's that's reflected in that song. And and I love that it's able to do that in a much more visceral way than if it was just her, you know, kind of walking around her apartment singing about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gives it so much more weight and it makes it like her standout number from, from the whole film.
0: Right. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So you get the fourth <laughs> wall breaks and all of that. It's, yeah. it's great. Uh, I'm trying to check <laughs> my notes here. I think we should just, you know, there's, there's a lot of different songs in this movie. I think there's 17 tracks on the soundtrack, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's talk about six. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about flicks and me. Let's talk about what the good films and the bad films are to me. Let's talk about six. Let's talk about six. (laughs) Let's run down our uh, from number six to number one, our six favorite tracks from this, because as I was typing notes for this thing, I was like, well, I'm going to make sure we talk about that number. We talk about that number. And I was like, this sounds like this sounds like a job for let's talk about six. Um, so so what is your number six? I guess favorite air quotes. Uh, and I know this is obviously that changes by the minute. You know it depends yeah. on what you're feeling that day. It depends if you want to sing along or if you want to like ball your eyes out or whatever. And make no mistake, there are multiple points in this movie where I get very emotional, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. So what is your
1: what is your number six? So this was really, really tough. Uh, just, str- I struggled to put these in order, but my number six is the opening song In the Heights because it just sets the mood perfectly. We get to meet all of our characters. We get just a little bit of, like you said, with like the the manhole cover, like, all right, diving right into, this is not going to be straight up, you know, a regular movie where just sometimes there are musical acts and then you go back to the rest of the regular movie where it it just sets the tone. So, in the heights is my my number 6, but I love it so much.
0: <laughs> so, we're taking opposite track here. For number 6, I was very I was very torn from a, for a bunch of different ones because I was like, yeah. well, my my 5 so were basically locked in as soon as I looked at the <laughs> list. I was like, oh, well, these five for me. And then number 6, I, I was tempted to put and this is my little honorable mention. I was tempted to put one of the two Benny Nina numbers. Mm. Uh, the two main ones, obviously, she's the you know Leslie yeah. Grace sings on Benny's Dispatch a little bit, yeah. But I was tempted to put either uh, When You're Home or yeah. When the Sun Goes Down because I love to like sing along with those. I think Corey Hawkins <laughs> has, so a, has a, such an amazing voice, and uh, I ultimately kept those as my honorable mentions, and I went with the finale. And I, I was trying to split the difference here between playing the song without the movie, the, <laughs> it's the role in the story, the the performances in the number. And so I was like, well, I can't have, spoilers, my number five is in the Heights, the opening number. <laughs> um, I can't have the first song and not have the last song because they bookend each other. Yeah. And the emotional impact, I think, of the finale and, uh, you know, the Padre running yes. on loop and yes. how that's set up earlier in the movie with the the, the, the scratch in the record, it's her favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it, it sort of crescendos with Iris Vanessa and Usnavi's daughter and yeah. the transfer of the hat that we see put oh, on Usnavi's yeah. head in the photo going <laughs> onto her head and her looking into the camera again the fourth wall break yeah and you know I have a little girl who's six years old so it hits even yeah. harder for me I was like oh stop it. <laughs> um, all of that it's just a, such a perfect encapsulation of what this movie is so so yeah I had to squeeze it in my number six
1: yeah so, so
0: what it. is your number five <laughs>
1: My number five is Benny's Dispatch. It's just classic Lin Manuel Miranda, good stuff. Cor- corny, unnecessary rapping, but that is so entertaining by how, like, it's cheesy. But it is somehow not cheesy when it's happening. It's cheesy mm-hmm. when I do it, like along to it. But when it's Benny, it's not cheesy. So that's my number five.
0: Well, even Nina looks in like, whoa! Like, <laughs> like he's taking <laughs> that really seriously. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's the movie kind of plays with that, and then it's like, yeah, we know that this is yeah. probably not the normal way to do your job, but he's yeah. Yeah, He's very passionate about yeah. it, and he, you know. he
1: showed off too. And then yeah, like the, I love the, the other woman. Like, oh, you're thirsty. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my gosh, so great. Uh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great Nina Benny stuff in this. That's why I was like, "Oh, I can't put when you're home and not when the sun goes down." Like it's got to be yeah. both or neither. So I was like, yeah. "All right, sorry." Yeah. Uh yeah, no that's a good call. My number 5 as I said was the opening number right from that shot of Usnavi looking out the window oh. with the dancers and everything. I some movies so Yeah, some things I you know, I don't have I don't de- I sort of develop an unabashed love for over time. And sometimes it just hits like in a, Mm -hmm. in a moment in a frame when I watched it, for example, when I watched the Hamilton Disney plus thing, I was like, you know, that's not a real movie. That's like a film stage performance. So it's not even really kind of fair to rate it as a movie, but I'm going to do that anyway. (laughs) Um, When I was really having, I went into that knowing nothing and I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. The Satisfied sort of, again, didn't know anything about that. So when Satisfied <laughs> happens, I was like, wow, you just completely changed the, my perspective what? on this. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, like like Jefferson, what? Um, <laughs> so so when they do the rap battle in there, in the mm-hmm. cabinet meeting, I was like, oh, fuck this. This is amazing. <laughs> like next level for me. Yes. This movie that happened like eight minutes in,
1: Yeah. When, in In the
0: <laughs> Heights, when he's looking out and I'm like, I get exactly what this what John Chu is trying to go for with the Mm -hmm. shot and and everything is like kind of clicking into place and the movie hasn't even started yet uh so I knew I was going to be in for something something really powerful plus that's a hell of a you know I I just did the episode on Little Shop of Horrors prior to this there's a whole downtown where the people all that there's a whole status quo opening number in that musical as well like this one is just if that that's your opener and yeah. you're meeting everyone. You even even see a little bit of Leslie Grace on the photo on Kevin uh, Kevin's desk mm-hmm. and everything. So you kind of understand who everybody is, where everybody's coming from. You get the sort of hustle of of people in the neighborhood just trying to get by. You understand the importance of Usnavi's role in all of that and everyone's sort of daily routine. Uh, and you're off to the races before the title even drops. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Good call. Oh. <laughs> uh, what What is your number four?
1: My number four is uh, a bit of a swerve. It's Home All Summer. It's the song that plays over the end credits. The uh, the song that features Mark Anthony. Uh, I love it. It's a great addition. And it's it just makes me so happy. <laughs> so it's a, a bit of an unusual choice. But that that's my pick is Home All Summer.
0: Nice. Yeah, I like that song quite a yeah. bit. And I think... Leslie Grace, uh, man. It's le- you, you have the three on there who have record deals, basically. Yeah, Anthony Ramos, <laughs> Leslie Grace, and we haven't even talked about Mark Anthony, really. I know. Who is only in one scene in this movie, and I think delivers a pretty solid performance <gasps> with one scene as Sonny's dad. He was uh, again, so good. a character not in the musical yeah. whatsoever, because that the whole subplot is not there. So you don't you know, right. Sonny just I guess didn't have like a, theme, a narrative thrust in the musical yeah. very much. He was just sort of there. Uh, and I think it, it kind of like Vanessa's character arc. I think Sonny's is way strengthened because oh of gosh, that addition yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. Uh, now we're, we're pretty much, honestly, my top five are basically all kind of interchangeable. So <laughs> for, the, for today, I'm going to somehow put 96,000 at number four. And okay. I don't even know how because <laughs> the other three I love so much that it, I, these are the four that I probably listen to the most. Yeah. Uh, or 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 stick with me the most. So ninety six thousand. Obviously, you know, we were talking about earlier that, uh, this is about everybody's dreams. What are they trying to achieve? This really lays out what it, what everybody would do with ninety six thousand, which I think is an interesting amount because I, I've heard Lin Manuel Miranda talk about it. Like he needed it to be enough that it would be sort of aspirational for them, yeah. but also not so much that it's life changing money. Right. You know, uh, even Usnavi even mentions, like, you know, that you can't, he yeah. doesn't, that's not going to change things drastically for you. But <laughs> Benny's like, yeah, but I can enroll in a business school. And so everybody's like, uh, Vanessa's going to get out of town. You're never going to see her again, which is <laughs> which is a funny moment with Usnavi there. Yeah. Uh, Sonny is going to like fight for, for the immigrants and fight the system. He's yeah. like sort of a little activist already, which I think is really cool yes. and, and reflects sort of the things we've seen in, in, you know, in the real world today with like teenagers and, and young people yeah. sort of taking up arms and being like, mm, yeah, we're gonna, yeah. The, the children they're are our future. Save us.
1: <laughs> kind
0: of yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, that's, they're, they're, they at least seem to have their heads in the right places generally. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll take that as a win. Uh, so I, I love that number. Plus, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see everyone splashing around in a pool oh, and yeah. the dance number. It's like, it's the most elaborate, uh, you know, visually, I would say of any of the stuff in this movie.
1: Yeah, I think it's where where Chu really gets to flex of like I <laughs> this is, you know, uh, never never in anybody's wildest dreams could you pull off anything like this for a Broadway play and he gets to right. adapt it and really blow it out of the water pun intended and just make it a, an absolute huge spectacle and yeah. it's it's so fun and and I do love it but that's how much I love this. Is it, it's not on my top six.
0: Ooh, <laughs> wow. That is a flex home all summer, yeah. but no 96,000.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: Yeah. What, is, what is your number three?
1: My number three is blackout. Uh, it just, it, especially when they get to the powerless part, it just, woo, I get goosebumps and i just i love the tension that you feel like it's very it's chaotic at the start and then it get, just gets so joyful with the fireworks and then it brings you down again at the end with like a are you all right and like you know where it's going and it just ah it's just a lot of feelings and and i love it i i i'm sorry for how many times i've said i love it i know that i do <laughs> that every time i come on your show but um yeah blackout that i i think it's fantastic
0: it, it's a classic sort of musical thing, and that it hits. It's such an intense moment where yeah. the story was building and building and building, and then suddenly throws a, a wrench in everything, where mm-hmm. everyone gets separated. And yeah, no, the the we are powerless thing, which later Daniela sort of references, which we were like we are not powerless, we are powerful, yeah. uh, yes. which is which is really is really uh, which is really cool. And yeah, the, i I love seeing how everyone reacts in that crisis too. It's it's it really sort of perpetuates the drama among the especially usnavi and vanessa mm-hmm. benny then goes to the to the dispatch office to sort of like help uh help out everyone help get everyone home safely yeah. all of that like playing out at in real time daniella carla and uh and uh, kuka all like on the phone like oh man it was crazy everyone was running yeah. around like everything kind of <laughs> cutting back and forth all that stuff yeah i'm th- I'm never. I never get tired of a Lin-Manuel Miranda number where everyone is sort of singing, overlapping each other. Yeah. Whether it's nonstop from Hamilton, or <laughs> or we don't talk about Bruno and Encanto, yeah. or ninety six thousand, or or blackout in this, where yeah, everybody's I... voices are sort of overlapping, like that's never not going to like get like the hairs on the back of my neck standing yeah. up. So yeah, totally. <laughs> At number three, I had uh, again. I don't. I'm like, how is the number three? It's got to be higher. Uh, I have Carnival del Barrio. Uh, because it's, it, it, again, I'm half Cuban and I'm like, I, I was on a, I've been on podcasts where I'm like, you know, I mostly self-identify as a white guy. And then I saw this, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> the Cuban side of me is alive again, you know? And, and it's such a celebration of culture and coming in, in these insanely divided political times, which I won't get into further. Mm. Uh, but it just felt so necessary and needed and like something we haven't really seen before. you know, we obviously right as we're as we're recording this, we're like midway through award season and everything everywhere all at once is like constantly like the first Asian actor to yeah. win this category, et cetera, et cetera, and kind of called back to crazy Rich Asians, which had sort of a water- watershed moment. In Hollywood for uh, mm-hmm. for people of Asian descent, and then this felt like th- the equivalent for the Latinx uh, community. And so to see all those cultures and to see them so proudly, kind of standing their countries and their flags, I thought is was really beautiful and really powerful and. And especially Usnavi sort of being the the lightning rod that sort of galvanizes everyone, even more so than Daniela, sort of mm-hmm. coming in there and like, what's this tonteria that I'm seeing on the street? <laughs> um, I, I love that she's the one to kind of kick it off. And I love that it also feels like the moment where Vanessa really sees Usnavi when he mm-hmm. grabs that flag and he's like, you know, emboldening everyone to really like, if this is how we're going out, then we're going to go out fighting. Yeah. We're gonna He's finally you know,
1: not I, being corny.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's finally like, oh, I found this is what I stand for. This is what I'm fighting for. This is who mm-hmm. I am. And I feel like she sees that for the first time. And it's just, yeah, it's it, everybody takes part in it. And, and see everything in a lot of story developments. We get the Carla gets her big moment where she, where she gets to <laughs> own her heritage. Uh, oh but she always says she's from Queens, which is great. Uh so yeah it's it's just it's just so energetic and so much fun. Uh easily one of the the most uh I said energetic already but the most like <laughs> exciting elements of the film I think is that scene.
1: Yeah. I, just it's my number one. It is. <laughs> um it, I think it's yeah. like the most joyful song ever. Absolutely. Like it is you you cannot be upset when you're listening to that song. I don't care what's wrong. You will either get over it or forget about it while the song is happening because it's just it's so celebratory um the the dancing throughout is just fantastic and it's it's people celebrating their heritage but not in a way that is like, no, mine's better than yours. It's just like, I'm stoked to be from here. I'm stoked to be from here. And it's just like, everybody's just celebrating that. And it's absolutely wonderful. And it is, it is my favorite song. It's been my favorite song from the day I saw it. I, I just, it's incredible. I, I got it on repeat man it's just and the only thing is i have to stop it eventually because i just get winded and i'm tired
0: <laughs> well it's also when you're when you're listening to the album once it gets to that hey yes. hey you can't skip it you're like all right well i guess i'm in oh here we I go i guess we're, we're going Let's <laughs> strap in everybody it's yeah. a kind of all. um so we know what your number one is so what's your number two
1: My number two is Paciencia y Fe. Me
0: too. (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's it's, like I said before, it's the most stunning visual number in the movie as far as the songs are presented. Um, I think it's a million times better than anything Spielberg did in his West Side Story remake. Like, come at me for that. I, I think it's absolutely stunning and it's moving and she's incredible in it. And I, it's captivating. I just, I think it's so wonderful. So I, I went back and forth between my one and two, but I just, I can, I can play Carnaval del Barrio on a loop. I cannot emotionally withstand Paciencia y Fe on a loop. Yeah. I will be too sad. So that's how I ended up going with my, my one and two, but I love them both.
0: It's also for me, it's, uh, the number number one is the one, uh, my number one, which I'll, I'll get to in a second, is the one I like, I think I listen to more because patience takes a toll. And it's like, yeah. for, it's for the same reason that I, for, for Hamilton, I listened to like the first, like two thirds to three quarters of that. Yeah. And then usually after the, the Reynolds pamphlet, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll see you later, everyone, because <laughs> hey, it just then was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does then from burn onward, you start going yeah. through like it's quiet uptown, and I'm like, no, I'm uh, not emotionally prepared for uh, this. Um, so <laughs> it, it's it's it, it doesn't have the re listenability uh, quality in that way, just because you can't just put it on in the background because no. <laughs> whatever you're doing, you're gonna start sobbing halfway through it. And yep. it's, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, her performance is amazing. Uh, yeah, I think it's the biggest. It's the biggest argument for. How did nobody go see this? How did this not get more awards attention? Mm-hmm. Like this, this is the, the scene that you show people to be like this thing. You all let this thing fail, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, um, how <laughs> could you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's yeah, and we already we already said exactly what it has to say about the immigrant experience uh, mm-hmm. from the older generation's perspective and what they fought through to get to this point and mm-hmm. uh, all the the progress that older generations made so that younger generations can can just uh you know can kind of build on that and I, I thought that was yeah it was really it's really powerful uh my number one I have breathe number one and I uh... wish I could explain exactly why I think part of it is I again I love I'm I love Leslie grace in this movie yeah uh I I think her character she was a new discovery for pretty much all of us and her character's journey, I think maybe resonates with me a little bit, like feeling lost, feeling like you're at a crossroads, feeling like you're, you know, feeling that guilt, feeling that kind of shame and feeling like the pressure to live up to something. Yeah. So that resonates, I think, a lot with me just personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that it's she's looking back on sort of a simpler time in her life. And you get, again, the magical realism. She sort uh, of sees young little, Nina running through Nina. the streets. Yeah, I love that yeah. so much. The flashes through her uh, her relationship with her father again. As both I relate to both Nina and Kevin in -hmm. this number when they're flashing through, and he's like, you know, it's her it's her birthday, and he gives her a laptop, and Mm. she gets the letter of acceptance, and then finally when she's like walking out, and he's like breaking down. I'm like, I'm breaking down when he does that. All (laughs) of it. It's just such a beautiful number, uh, and she she nails it and. Uh, you know, there's, there's just the lovely refrain of like, uh, Mm. no, all of that. Like, I love all of that. It's just, it's it, I can listen to it more in isolation than a lot of these other songs.
1: It's so beautiful
0: that it feels, yeah, it feels like more of a, not that this album would have like radio singles, but if it would, (laughs) this would be one because it's like, it relies, relies on the story, but it also stands on its own uh, as, as a piece kind of in and of itself. Uh, where if you don't see it in context, you still get the vibe from the song itself. And I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's one of those, it's the first big number. Like I get chills with the origin, with the first song within the Heights, like I said, with the snobby looking out the window. (laughs) This is the first number in the, in the, in the film where I start to get emotional and like tears start flowing and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, it's, it's a self-contained story. I mean, she tells you everything you need to know about, her character's history and current conflict and what she's feeling about what the next steps are all within that song and throughout you know the rest of the movie that they they all work well together but that one really kind of stands out on its own as you could get similar to paciencia y Fe, is here's that character's everything here they are in a song and right. I, it's her performance is fantastic too it's it's so pretty
0: yeah, absolutely. Did you have anything to add on Carnival del Barrio, uh, I just as your number one? I just
1: can't get enough of it. I just, I love it. Love it so much. And then it just made me so stoked when uh, Stephanie Beatriz was going to be doing Encanto.
0: Yeah, I love that she gets her little moments in this. Like I was saying earlier, like she's yeah. definitely uh, an <laughs> underrated part of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, Did you have any honorable mentions? Like what was Almost Major six?
1: Oh gosh. Basically everything. <laughs> Breathe almost made it for sure. I, I struggled with that one. Um, the, the finale as well was just, it's just, it's all so good. And 96,000 was another one that I was like, how can I not put this in my top <laughs> six? But I'm like, because I have the rest of them. Yeah. So, uh, basically everything that you put in your top six that I didn't, that's not Yeah. We only had, it.
0: I think we only overlapped on like the, in the Heights and no. uh, Carnival, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. Posse Yeah. Oh, of, of
0: course. course. Yeah. 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 So we overlapped I mean, on
1: half and then the other half were like honorable.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's so good. It, it's, and and <laughs> to your point, like when it was uh, after I saw it in theaters, I came back home and it was on HBO Max. I think I watched it probably at least three or four more times before they pulled it from HBO Max Same. and I got the Blu-ray uh, <laughs> because it was just like, it was sort of a comfort movie for me. I think at a certain point oh, in 2021, yeah. I was just like, Oh, gotta put that on again. I was like, again, you're watching this. I'm like, yeah. You yeah. Know, what are you going to do? Uh,
1: I, the soundtrack was, was, it was like Taylor Swift and <laughs> in the Heights <laughs> and in was was like all of my Spotify wrapped for like 21 and 2022. I just, that's, that's kind of all I wanted to listen to
0: yeah is there, uh, is there anything about in the heights we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure we mention? I, I like that you pointed out the sort of awkwardness with Usnavi and Vanessa because they did make a note of that uh, particularly in the the kitchen scene yes where she, he's she's like, oh I have a date and he's like, oh oh yeah I too have a date and I'm like, what is going on? like do yeah. you like this girl or not because I can't I literally can't tell yeah um,
1: he's he's so corny. Like he really, I mean, he's, he's a ridiculously attractive man. And so to set it up at the beginning where it's like, tell Vanessa how you feel. And you're like, I'm sorry. She doesn't notice this super hot guy who gives her coffee every day. She, tell me, tell me how she doesn't notice him. And it's like, well, cause he acts like that because he can't yeah. form a sentence and he's just like muttering and stumbling. And even when she is talking to him, like he's barely making sense. And I'm like, okay, now I see it. So, uh, <laughs> it, it does make their, The fact that they're not together, uh, when the, when the story starts more believable, but even like throughout, I'm like, he's, he's so awkward, (laughs) but it's, it's very cute. And like, if you told me that, you know, him catching the bottle and the beer starting to overflow and like none of that was supposed to be filmed, I'd believe it all. Cause it just feels so, so natural.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few moments like that where yeah. the two of them are talking that legit feel sort of improvised. That was my yeah. that was my take on first watch. Even like I like this is this was this written or is yeah. this just like this they're like hey, hey do your things like what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And then when the when it explodes everywhere and he's like oh we need to clean this up. It's just like the awkward <laughs> laugh between the two of them and yeah. all of that. Uh, I, I also like the way that uh, some of the some of the songs in this thing feel like they were clearly. Re- Uh, performed on set. And that's the version you're listening to particularly Mm -hmm. champagne stood out in that way. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do love that. It, it just kind of, it grounds it a little bit more in this, you know magical story that we're but we're telling but when you can hear kind of the tones in the room kind of play into what they're saying and like the little mutters here and there it just it feels so much more natural which is tough to do when somebody's you know belting at the top of their lungs trying to talk to someone in the same room so it's it's quite a feat that they managed to do so I yeah. really, I really do love that. I have, I have one more thing that I wanted to to make mention of because of our history of <laughs> podcasts together. There's a couple of La La Land moments in this movie, <laughs> so Ooh, I just wanted okay. to to mention those. Uh, there's the slow mo. We slow the song down. We slow the camera down when we go under the pool in ninety six thousand. Mm-hmm. Exactly oh, yeah, the do. same as we do in someone in the crowd. Uh, Benny and Nina do a little bit of park bench dancing same as <laughs> they sure do yeah, yeah like that's a good just sit right there they do like the same little bit and then the trumpet blow to start in the club and the start of the club the melody underneath that song sounds a bit like the someone in the in the crowd reprise when you get the montage of seb and mia's relationship when it's first uh-huh. starting and going well and it's like a little bit sped up it sounds very similar and i'm like mm, what's happening Ooh. here and um I mean, obviously that song came first, right, from from the musical. So it's just a little interesting couple of moments that make me think of my favorite movie, uh, but not in a way where I'm like, copycat, in a way where I'm like, oh, I like what I like, don't I? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, just wanted to to mention those things because those moments really kind of, they, they're they kind of defining moments in, in La La Land s- stylistically. And yeah. to see them again in this, it just kind of made me a little happy. So I liked it.
0: No, I mean, no, you just gave me another excuse to listen to the soundtrack to this again. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Um, But it's also even like even in general, like stylistically, those two movies. I think they mm-hmm. are both trying to be tell a sort of grounded story, but also be a big Hollywood musical at the same time. I think that yeah. La La Land, in particular, those two styles kind of clash throughout the that, that movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And here, I think they're they're both trying to kind of yeah they both kind of trying to do a similar thing. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that's a good call. Um, I also had obviously we didn't mention the the piragua guy played by <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda himself. We didn't really talk much about him. I, he's you know he's in here because he's in the musical and you got to give Lin Manuel Miranda something <laughs> to do. Uh, and his song is is often gets caught in like just it's just very earwormy yeah and then you get the little moment with him and Christopher Jackson oh. uh and then at the end there's a post credit scene yes. to this even which is so much fun where he he triumphs over Mr. softy and so seeing those two who played Usnavi and Benny in the original production mm-hmm. uh sort of take on little cameo roles here and like it's a little bit of a passing of the torch thing uh, I love that and uh in Usnavi's st- store having all the p- memorabilia from throughout the movie sort of Mm-hmm. Stre- strewn everywhere it felt like a uh, a much less sinister like usual suspects kind of thing like look it's everywhere around us the whole yeah. story been playing out uh so I, I thought that was really cool
1: i think my favorite little part of that is the little green crab yes i i just think that's that's something that took me like probably five watches to be like oh that was, oh <laughs> like that was him like it's just it's very sweet and it, it just, um, like you said, like it's a not cynical version of Usual Suspects. Like we surround ourselves with things from our life that we love and things that remind us of a thing or a person or a time. And it's just so cool to kind of see that reflected in, in the store at the end when we realize he's been telling this from years later. And this, these are all the things he wants to see every day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Absolutely. Sweet. Oh, so touching.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> normally at this point, this is where I, I usually have the guest... Sell listeners on this movie. So people that haven't seen In the Heights, which yes. in this situation, probably a lot of people, uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Unless they're yeah. big Lin-Manuel Miranda fans. <laughs> and, you know, you occasionally see, like, a weird, like, resentment backlash against him, which I don't yeah. understand. I think people are just like, he's in everything. He's doing a lot of stuff. I'm like, well, wouldn't you if you had this level yeah. of success? <laughs> wouldn't you be like, all these projects, go, 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 where exactly. he had this, tick, tick, boom. Uh, you know, uh, Encanto and Vivo sort of all like the same calendar year uh, heading out yeah. into the world. I mean, it's not his fault that he's super good <laughs> at what he does and, and yeah. he has opportunities. Why wouldn't he jump on that? Exactly. Um, so yeah, how, tell people, if people haven't seen this movie, what would you say to get them to watch it? And are there, if they have, are there any similar films you would recommend?
1: Um. Basically, all of his movies kind of go together, right? So (laughs) everything that he's done the music for or directed when you throw in Tick, Tick, Boom, you can find kind of common threads throughout. And it's not that everything he does is the same. It's that you can feel the sense of a similar, like of it being the same person behind it. And... Nobody complains about that when it's a film director with a unique style. Nobody complains when, you know, you see another Scorsese movie and you're like, wow, that's very Scorsese. It's okay to have a signature style. It's okay to have an aesthetic that you thrive in. And I think kind of he gets a little a little bit of shade for that because people just get exhausted by him because just Hamilton probably just tired people out uh, just because he didn't want to hear about it anymore. So I think. If there are any of his projects, whether that's his musicals like Hamilton or his Disney collaborations like Encanto or Moana, if you enjoyed any of those, you will enjoy this. Uh, It's just there's enough of the if you enjoyed the music in those, there's enough that you're going to have a good time with here. Um, It is a bit long. It's almost two and a half hours, but it doesn't feel like it. Does, because yeah. the the numbers just kind of flow in and out and the story keeps moving and there's enough characters there that you're never really kind of dragging anybody's story out to get to a runtime. Um it's it's organic storytelling and it and it has a feel to it. It's a great movie to watch in the summer. Just hot summer movie. It'd be a great one to watch outside too. If you, if you have the ability to like set up a projector and watch this in the dark in your backyard, this would be a great one for it. Um, it's just, it's a good time and it's celebratory, but moving. And it also does have a message. Um, there's, there's so much substance to it, but there's also just absolute joy at the surface. So it, you get out of it as much as you want to. And if you just want to have a good time, you can do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a little worried now that my Lin-Manuel Miranda streak is going to be ending because <laughs> 2023, he did the uh, some of the you know additional music for The Little Mermaid that's coming out. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know how I'm feeling about that right now. Some of the yeah. glimpses we've gotten, I'm like, I don't know, this design for Sebastian that I've seen, I'm like, <laughs> this is like the Lion King thing all over again. Yeah. Um, so I'm-, I'm sure his music will be great. So I'll have that at least, but...
1: I just always end up liking it. It's I can't help myself. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, how there are people who it's like cilantro, yeah. where if you like it, you like it. And if you don't like it, you hate it. I think whatever that is for cilantro, there is a similar version of it. That's Lin-Manuel Miranda. And if you like it, you love it. And if mm-hmm. you don't, mm-mm. <laughs> if you didn't care for Hamilton, do not watch this. If you think the music in Encanto is kind of annoying, don't watch this. Uh it's you you know if you don't like his stuff.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. No. I, the one exception I would say is tick-tick boom might be able to slip through the cracks there because it's not music that he wrote, even though it does have his sort of voice He's and his He's So stamp inspired on it.
1: by Jonathan Larson. Yeah. I think I think if you don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda's music, you won't like Jonathan Larson's <laughs> music because there's there's even, you know, there's moments in 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 the heights, where like alabanza in particular, I'm like, mm-hmm. that that feels like rent. Yeah. That feels like like everybody's outside with their candles, all singing a song in a chorus, and everybody's joining in, and I'm sad. I'm like, this feels like rent. There's just a lot of moments, even in Hamilton, too, that you can tell that he, you know, was a theater kid who loved rent. And I think that's why he did such a great job with Tick, Tick Boom, is because he has such a love for the material he was working right. with. So he was definitely inspired by by the late Mr. Larson no Absolutely.
0: doubt he's 100% gonna direct the Hamilton movie when that eventually happens right because I gotta be. feel like it's gonna happen eventually gotta it's be. gotta happen and I feel like him directing Tick Tick Boom is him like inching forward to that
1: it's like practicing <laughs> yeah
0: he's like I'm gonna get there we're figuring <laughs> things ready out
1: for the big show
0: as much as he wants to dodge the question, and it's obviously it's still selling out like crazy
1: yeah. in
0: on Broadway and and touring everywhere, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. I mean, it, it's got to. It, it would yeah. be ridiculous <laughs> not to. And if they yeah. do it right, it will be a huge deal, and hopefully, like you know, like a big awards player and all that. Mm-hmm. And but the question is, can they do it right? Because
1: there's not there's a, not, there's a lot
0: more there's a lot more pressure on that one than there yes. was on in the heights. Uh, yeah. Cause uh, this is, this was a relatively small scale story and they just blew it out yeah. a lot. Hamilton's already a huge scale story. Yeah. And so much of that is so specific to the medium in which it was told. Like, I don't, am mm-hmm. not exactly sure how he would even do that.
1: Wrap my brain around it. Uh, Godspeed to them all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll yeah. be here. Us, us Hamill fans will be here waiting. Um, <laughs> But thank you so much, the lady one for coming yeah. on. This was a blast. Uh, I'm so glad we were able to do this. Once I put the call out for movie musicals, you were immediately like, so in the heights, tick, tick, boom, which we <laughs> are in a movie? What am I doing? Let me yeah. know and I'll be there. And I, you know, I appreciate that, that you were there for that.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love a movie musical. I'm so glad that you're that you're doing this. I feel like they're, you know, people think of them as like a thing that used to be. And, you know, it's you got to appreciate the medium.
0: Yeah totally no it's and and the thing is too uh, i had intended to maybe do a crooked roundtable on in the heights like the year after like the year this came out and then i never got a chance to do it but i had some of those questions already and notes already established so i was like well i'm already kind of half there uh and and yeah to, to your to to your point movie musicals were a musicals were a genre that I used mm-hmm. to think I liked on a case by case basis until I realized every time I watched one I liked it pretty much. <laughs> um, so I was like, no, I guess I just like them. I guess I just like them now. So, yeah. uh, it's giving, it's giving this show a little more direction and focus, uh, in, in, you know, giving us kind of a genre tackle as opposed to where franchise detours, we're doing specific film franchises. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's really fun to, to, uh, to finally get to movies like this that I've been meaning to cover and also, you know, discover new ones for the first time. Uh, yeah. but tell everyone where they can find you and screen run on social media.
1: Yeah. Uh, I am on Twitter. I'm the lady Wan, that's W a N. Uh, the show is screen run on Twitter and you can find our show anywhere you find podcasts or the website screenrun.fun. dot fun. Uh, we come out every other Mondays. And like I said before, we're on season three, which is the films of John Carpenter. One by one. So check it out if you're into John Carpenter.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Who isn't into John Carpenter?
1: Everybody be should be.
0: Not not like Lin-Manuel Miranda where people <laughs> either love it or hate it. Like everybody yeah. there's loves There's a Carpenter a- for everyone. Exactly. No matter yes. what you're exactly. into, I will no find what, one of his movies for no you. No matter what project you have, there's a Carpenter <laughs> that can work on it for you. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Big thanks to the Lady Juan from Screen Run for coming on to discuss 2021's In the Heights, a movie both of us really love and I think is widely underrated and underseen. Definitely check it out on HBO Max if it's still. I think it's still streaming on HBO Max. I'd have to check. If not, buy the buy blind buy it. If you like musicals, you like Lin-Manuel, you'll like this. We already said this, so get on it. In the Heights. Let's let's have the In the Heights resurgence. Let's get it trending on Twitter. Uh but I want to know if you have seen it, what are your thoughts on In the Heights? You can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table, the same handle on Instagram via email at Robert at CrookedTable.com. Did we forget to name check your favorite song in our Let's Talk About Six rundown? I'd love to hear it. I think I think this is a film where there are, there are no wrong answers, so let me know. We'll be back next episode with another discussion on another classic movie musical. But for now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. Keep watching, everybody.
1: This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. CRK <laughs> <G-R-O-O-K-E-D. laughs> <laughs>